Hi, Damien Marcus from 100 Not Out here. MP. Yes, Damo. We all know the importance of having a diary, but who wants a boring old day planner? Not me. Enter the journey of me. Ta-da! The incredible eight-month wellness journal designed especially for wellness peeps like you. Yes, Damo, this beautiful eight-month wellness guide is filled with questions, planners, exercises, reflective notes, and more. Endorsed by the Up For A Chat girls and loved the world over, the journey of me is a must-have if you're ready to live your best life for life. To purchase your very own journey of me and receive a free set of inspirational postcards, simply enter the code COUCH at www.wellandnew.com. That's www.w-e-l-l-i-n-e-u-x.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. The Real Food Real is a fresh and educational podcast dedicated to your health. We get real on current research, debunk food myths, and educate you on how to just eat real food. Your host, Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist, is one of Australia's leading sports nutritionists, passionate about simplifying nutrition and addicted to coconut lattes, smoothies, and sweet potato. If you love the show, then please leave us a review on iTunes. Share the real food real with your friends and continue to spread the real food love. team and welcome back to The Real Food Real. Today on the show, we are joined by Ash Bedford, holistic performance coach from ashbedford.com. Today on the show, Ash and I discuss holistic strength and conditioning. Hi, Ash, and welcome to the show. Hey, Steph. Thanks very much for having me. It's awesome to have you here, and I'd love for you to start with your story and what makes you get out of bed every morning. Okay, so... I mean, for me, exercise has sort of become my religion, I guess, a, a set of beliefs that I feel really strongly about. And and it sort of saved me like more times than I can really remember in times when I really needed something to pick me up and, and get me out of um, the tough times that I was in. And, um, and, and as a coach now, I, I love helping people to get the same feeling that I do from exercise and moving well and help them enhance their lives and I just enjoy seeing people get stronger and fitter and progress and get more confident. Amazing. So what is holistic strength and conditioning? Tell us more about your philosophy. So the difference that I think between holistic strength and conditioning and, say, personal training is that we look at the person behind the exercise. How are they breathing? What are their stress levels? What dosage of exercise do they need on each day? And how can we optimally enhance their daily function? So that's what I see as the main difference. Yeah, great. So let's break it down a little bit further. So um, if a client approached you and perhaps they were just starting out with exercise or at least uh, strength training specifically, how would you start with that client and and certainly what would your approach from, from the start be? So with a new client, uh, we will always begin with a discussion around optimal breathing mechanics. Um, and how we can achieve this for them. Um, I really believe that that underpins all good movement and um, is the foundation of everything that we build on top of that. Uh, From there, we move into uh, what we call midline stabilization, which is sort of what I call true core strength. And a lot of people have a lot of misconceptions around what that is, but for us, it's just about uh, being able to organize your spine and pelvis in a good position um, and hold that through certain functional movements, such as a squat, a deadlift, or it might be a pressing movement. Um, and that's pretty much where we start with new clients, the basics really. Yeah, great. 
So it's certainly obviously teaching them the correct technique before progressing into any like obviously lifting and, and so on. Technique is critical. Um, we, we place that be, before anything else. So not getting people to jump in and just do the weights straight away or heavy weights. We gradually build them up so that we make sure that they move well first and then we progress them from there. Yeah, great. So take us through some of the other key areas that you teach, um, I guess, your clients. Um, you know, I've had a look on your website, which has some great articles and um, YouTube videos for, from an education point of view. But take us through some key areas and perhaps some practical tips for our listeners to consider. Yeah, cool. So, so for me, posture is big. Like we, we teach people how to move well and how to avoid, I guess, ending up in compromised positions, which may lead to injury. Um, so posture is pretty much the foundation of everything that we do for the reason that we want to prevent injuries, but also because we want to look good and we want to improve our aesthetics and the way we look and feel. So, And confidence, uh, posture is a big part of confidence as well. So, so we place a big emphasis on that. The midline stabilization, which I spoke about before, and, and just that awareness. Um, most people sit too much and, and that sort of leads to that inactive diaphragm and core. So we like to reteach people how to brace their spine and pelvis in a good position um, in order to protect themselves from injuries, improve mobility, and move well. Um, the, probably the third one would be maybe getting a little bit sciencey here, but I'll try and keep it simple. The ability to create torque or stability, like through hips and shoulders. So most people, when they move, they tend to load their joints rather than their muscles. And then that's when the muscles sort of, uh, the joints, sorry, the joints wear out over time and, and um, wear out earlier than they should. So what we try and teach them is to load the musculature instead so we can protect the joints and avoid wearing them out and, um, and increase our longevity. So that's the third one. The fourth one would probably be mobility. Uh, we teach people basic mobilization exercises they can do at home or before class, before sessions to give them the range of motion that they need to exercise well if they're lacking that range of motion. Quite often what we see when we start to fix the midline stabilization issues and the postural issues, that we start to see the mobility issues go away. But for some people, if they're still sitting a lot at work um, or in the car or whatever they're doing, then we, we might still need to do a little bit of mobility. And in most cases, we always generally include that as well. So they're probably the biggest four, posture, midline stabilization, the ability to create torque and stability and, and load your musculature instead of the joints and then mobility as well. I'd say they're the biggest four, Steph. Yeah, fantastic. So the torque one interests me quite a lot. How would you yeah. teach that to someone at like on a basic level? Yeah, it's it's really simple and, and look, I see a lot of new members and I after their very first session, I get them uh, generating that torque that we want and that stability through their hips, at least to some degree. It takes a while to build on that but... Generally, most clients will pick it up in their first session. We use a few different cues. If you're doing a squat, for example, you just need to think about screwing your feet into the ground or gripping the ground with your feet right. um, and really like applying that force into the ground. What that's going to do is switch on those glutes a lot more, switch on that midline. It will filter up through your whole body from your feet all the way up to your head and you'll engage more musculature. You'll create that tightness. Um, and, and you'll have more stability throughout the squat. So you'll feel your glutes more, you know, by the end of the set, they, they might be sort of starting to burn a little bit. So you can feel them working and your knees are no longer taking the load, your lower back's no longer taking the load. Everything's braced and in a good position where it should be. Yeah, awesome. So would another example be like your hand position in a gymnastic type move or perhaps even like a downward dog if you were doing yoga? 
Could be. We we also like another fundamental. Uh, so it is sort of a gymnastics movement that I teach is the push up, mm. and we teach like screwing the hands into the ground as well, like a similar thing. And and even if like if you're talking gymnastics, like if you're gripping onto something, like just gripping it uh, hard as hard as you can, and getting that irradiation through your whole body. Uh, to get the muscular switching on again and creating that torque again. So I guess is that what you mean by that, Stan? Yeah, just thinking about another example from from the squat, but that certainly makes sense. So it's the positioning and certainly the correct activation of the muscles. Yeah, and we use certain cues that just sort of try and make it simple for people to be able to, to feel that. Um, it can be difficult for people, I guess, if, if they've been sedentary for long periods of time, um, they lose that ability to activate switch on their glutes, their midline, you know, the breathing mechanics are shut down, so it, it can be difficult, but by just uh, being consistent and following a consistent program um, that is simple and has simple progressions, we see people uh, progress quite quickly and, and quickly be able to generate that torque and stability and get stronger and, and just keep building from there. So Yeah, for sure. I'm sure it's just like riding a bike for our, all our endurance athletes. Is that, exactly. That progression. So we do have a lot of endurance athletes that listen to the show and and certainly I do work with many through the natural nutritionist. How can you um, summarize the benefits of your approach for endurance athletes who might only be swim, bike, running at the moment? Okay, so summarize. So you want me to give some advice to some endurance athletes? Yeah, perhaps to, to emphasize the importance of strength training or a holistic approach to looking at this um, this activation, this breathing and midline stabilization, for example. Yep. Well, I guess uh, I, I did used to be an endurance athlete myself. I, I was a football umpire with the VFL for about six or seven years. So I, I used to run up to 20 kilometers in a game of football. Um, you know, I, I used to have to do quite a lot of volume and, and endurance type training. I used to get on the bike and do a lot of swimming as well for a lot of cross training. So I've had a lot of experience with that. What, what I've sort of found, like now that I'm in the more strength and conditioning field, is that less is more, that you've got to have the right balance. You've got to be really patient as well, but you've got to have the right balance of work and recovery. So recovery is super important. That, In fact, it's more important than the training itself. But making sure that you do things well, so technique before load, uh, body weight before external resistance. That's a bit of a saying that we have in our gym mm. um, just to keep the progression simple, to get the basics right first before we start adding load. And if someone's moving badly or or getting themselves into compromised positions, then we don't want to load them up and, and reinforce those. We call them negative motor patterns. So we want to get them moving well, moving efficiently. So less is, less is more from a performance um, and strength point. For an endurance athlete, you know, once or twice a week getting in the gym and uh, doing a good strength uh, workout, strength training program, uh, plus some conditioning as well, it, and then and then have all their, their other stuff on top of that, their other training, like they're getting on the bike, they're swimming and, and they're running. But um, one or two sessions in the gym for strength um, is a pretty good balance and then, yeah, allowing the body to recover in between those with your nutrition, with your sleep and all those other things as well. Yeah, really cool. So what would be your top um, piece of recovery advice? Would it be sleep or would it be time off? What would you tell an athlete? Well, the biggest recovery method that we use is breathing mechanics. So 
at the end of every conditioning session that we do with our athletes um, and clients as well, I train I train some athletes. I, I tend to train a lot more general population clients now. I, that's more my area. That's my passion. But um, but but yeah, we always get them doing diaphragmatic breathing at the end of the session, um, particularly after the conditioning. Once they've got their heart rate uh, through the roof, they've, they've created that metabolic disruption in the body, um, and it's very catabolic, so the body's very much breaking everything down. You're, in fact, becoming worse during the training session. So when you get better is, is when you recover, like the, the next day when you get a good night's sleep and when you get that next meal in. So we try and get them back to that parasympathetic nervous system as quickly as possible. Um, and, it, and it comes down as, as soon as we are finished a conditioning session, we'll, we'll let the guys walk around for a few minutes. We'll let them have a, we'll take them through some, some stretches, uh, might be some, some flossing or, you know, some foam rolling to, to cool down. Once their heart rates have dropped, then we'll get them on their backs that might elevate their feet. Then they'll just diaphragmatic breathe for five minutes and, um, and practice breathing deeply into that diaphragm and that will stimulate that parasympathetic response. Um, so that, that's one of our biggest recovery tools that we use. Um, I work at the Brighton Bus Health Club. I get out in the ocean quite a bit and I encourage my clients to get out there a bit as well in that cold water immersion. We find that really beneficial for blood flow, um, for flushing all the waste products out of the system. Um, sleep is critical. You know, everyone's different, but you've got to like around the eight hour mark like, and you've got to get quality sleep as well. So it comes back to stress as well. If you're in a constant state of stress, then you're not going to have good quality deep REM sleep. So stress probably probably comes back and probably takes the cake for the biggest one. Like, and that's why that's why we do so much breathing with our with our athletes and teach them how to breathe um, to get them out of stress. And yeah, that sort of flows on from there to the sleep, uh, then the nutrition. Um, if you're sleeping better, you're probably going to eat well as well, but it's got to be a real food approach. Um, so we, we just try and make it as holistic as we can, that whole recovery process. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk food. So I've seen the word jerf on your website, which I was very happy to see. So <laughs> obviously we're talking about just eat real food. We are. So um, what do you tell your clients or, you know, your athletes um, from a nutrition point of view? From a nutrition point of view, I'm not a nutritionist, so I don't tell my clients what to eat necessarily, but I, I live by the just eat real food principle, philosophy, whatever you want to call it, um, and I, I try and keep it as simple as possible. Uh, fresh fruit and vegetables, um, good fats, moder- I say moderate protein, I think protein gets overdone um, a little bit, it, it, generally with athletes, and I've made the same mistake myself, but... I think it has to be moderate protein that's high in quality. So always grass-fed, uh, free range. If you're having eggs, like going for pasture-raised eggs, pasture-raised chickens, like things like that. And then with your grains, like in your carbohydrates, like always going for the non-glutinous grains. So uh, some rice is good. Uh, again, in moderation, uh, buckwheat, amaranth, um, quinoa, um, that sort of stuff. But mo- mostly carbs coming from vegetables as well and your, and your fruit. So just a, just a moderation, not demonizing any, um, any macronutrient in particular, but just a good balance of both, just finding what's right for you um, and sticking to that real food approach I think is a simple way to do it and really effective. Yeah, awesome. 
So I want to come back to nutrition because we like to ask our guests on the show what they eat. But before we go there, um, what would be your top piece of advice from a performance point of view? Uh, from performance, um, I would say it, like targeting endurance athletes. Well, if you like, I don't actually mind. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, well, I mean, in general, I mean, if, if you are an athlete of some sort or if you play sport, um, and even if you're not an athlete, even if you are just a mum or a dad who just wants to stay fit and, and prevent overuse injuries and, and make sure you've got good posture and you're moving well, um, you feel good, you've got good energy. So, I mean, we apply a lot of the same principles um, to the way we train our athletes, like high-performance athletes. Um, we use a lot of the same principles to train general population clients. So what I would say is resistance training is key. You've got to lift something. You've got to, you've got to first learn how to move your body well. Um, then you've got to lift something. You've got to pick something up off the ground, a weight, you know, in the form of a deadlift, or you've got to, you've got to squat and do it with load. So you've got to hold a dumbbell or a barbell or, or whatever level you're up to. There's all those progressions that we go through. So you've got to do that resistance training to get a stimulus you have to change it up like you can't do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result you've got to create a different stimulus almost every time that you come to the gym it doesn't mean you have to mix it up and do something completely different every week because we want to progress we want to get you good at things like squatting and deadlifting but we can change the load we can change the reps and sets we can change the stimulus the variation of the particular exercise so there's there's all those things that we can do um, yeah, that, that's pretty much the key. You've got to lift um, and you've got to move fast as well. If you're an athlete, moving fast is more critical, like doing something like a sprint, you know, could be on the, you could be running or you could be on the bike or even in the water, just something that, that you exert maximally and really go for um, to get that nervous system and those fast twitch muscle fibers switching on. If you're not an athlete, not as important uh, to move fast, but um, but still, look, it can be exciting, and, and if you want to do those things, that you, then you can. But, but I would say optional. But yeah, I think that's for most athletes. Yeah, you got to lift, and if you're an athlete, you got to move fast. And yeah, yeah, I think the big ones. Yeah, very good, awesome. So then back to nutrition. <laughs> what do you yeah. eat for breakfast? So I'm a forage cereal guy. Oh, Damo will love that. Yep. So I will have my probably favorite one is the forage paleo. Um, I'll mix that in with a bit of 5am uh, vanilla bean yogurt um, and top some berries on there. I like my blueberries um, or slice up a banana and put that on there as well. So I have quite a big serve of that um in the morning i pack it the night before i go to work i'm at work very early i, I get to work at 6 a.m every day um and after i've had a few clients in the morning then i'll have a, a quick break and i'll i'll get that in and i just find it's full of energy um it gives me a great start to the day it's real food um it tastes delicious like i always look forward to my breakfast and it sets me up for a really good day so you know i'm sort of i'm not hungry afterwards and i can sort of get um, sort of get lunch out to about one or two o'clock ish, and and then I'm having a good lunch, and then it, it just really sets me up. So yeah, I'm a forage, a forage cereal guy. Very nice. And what about your favourite post-training meal or snack? Uh, at the moment, um, I'm pretty. At the moment, I'm training 
at four o'clock in the afternoon with a, a group of other coaches um, in South Yarra. So I do that four days a week and um, I'm a bit time stricken afterwards because I have to head back to Brighton to, to take more clients. So I'm quite often in the car and, and rushing back to get to work to take clients. So I've got in the habit of, I've bought a really good quality protein shake. Um, it's grass fed. I'm not sure what the brand is, but it's it's just a good quality one. And I it's got a prebiotic in it as well. And I just mix in a multivitamin powder as well. So I mix that up and I shake it up and I take it in the car with me and I just sip it on the way back. It takes me about 20 minutes to get back. Um, potentially I'll have a piece of fruit as well after that. So that, that will generally keep me going because I've eat, generally eaten so well in the morning and I've had that good breakfast and I will have had, had a good lunch as well and probably a piece of fruit throughout the day. Um, I generally can go a couple of hours after I train um, and get through to dinner and that's when I have my really big uh, refeed and refuel. And um, look, it's probably not ideal like if, if I didn't have the job that I did, I would probably eat a bit sooner, but my schedule just doesn't dictate or allow that. So I work with what I can and the protein shake works really well and it's really tasty and I'm getting lots of good uh, vitamins and minerals in there and good quality protein. So that, that just works well for me at the moment. Yeah, I think that's important. I mean, we're often going to have logistical considerations with a with a meal. So it's not necessarily having to be like dinner or a, a full meal it's about you know what works with your schedule at that time and you're obviously prioritizing whole food ingredients and getting some protein in there for recovery so that sounds pretty awesome to me exactly i I think that's a big key and that's what i tell all my athletes and clients is that you've got to be flexible and what works for me isn't going to work for you you've got to figure out your own system and and really tailor it to suit your needs Mm. yeah awesome now you have a podcast joining the wellness couch in 2016 i hear so what will this be called and what are you aiming to share? So I haven't haven't yet named my podcast. Um, if anyone has any suggestions, I'd, I'd like to hear them. Um, but we'll be we'll be aiming to educate people on the importance of exercise and how we can do it efficiently and in a way that fits into our busy lives. So um, yeah, we'll also be talking all things wellness and a little bit about nutrition. We'll be interviewing people on there, um, other experts, and yeah, just make it a nice holistic approach. Um, the main reason I want to start the podcast is is generally for my clients now that I train, um, interview some other experts so they can listen and you know find out a bit more about nutrition and and sleep or um, you know anything else that that I'm not sort of specialised in. My specialisation would be the strength and conditioning, and um, I want to give these guys some more resources from other expert other experts who you know that's what they do. So. So that's what the podcast will be about. Awesome. Looking forward to checking it out. So before we wrap up today, Ash, where can our listeners find you? So you can find me at ashbedford.com, which you mentioned before. Uh, A lot of free content on there such as exercise videos, articles, blogs, um, and the brand new Just Eat Real Food Guide, which is about to be published this week. Um, You can also find me at the Brighton Baths Health Club. So we run a holistic strength and conditioning program here. Um, we, we offer a free trial for anyone that wants to come down and try it out. You can also find me at Moorabbin. We also run a, a holistic strength and conditioning program there as well at, at a more high-performance um, type setup um, where professional athletes um, do come and train. So we have a lot of AFL footballers and, and the like um, at very high level coming in to train. So 
we we share that facility as well. So you can find me at Brighton, you can find me at Moorabbin, um, and you can find me on ashbedford.com. And, and guys, if, if you want to email me, if you have any questions, uh, info at ashbedford.com. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time today, Ash. I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks, Steph. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.